All right, Toyota, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buy a Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, December 16th, 2013. And I am recording here on, uh, it's actually December 17th. Uh, finally back from Europe. Uh, apologize for the podcast being so late, but um, I was in Iceland and when the fuck am I ever going to be there again? So I had to do some shit Sunday, and then Monday I was flying all the way back. And uh, I'm actually not that jet lagged. It worked out nice. I tried, and I tried to, st- I tried to stay up on the plane, try to stay awake as long as I could for most of the flight because I knew that I was landing um, at 7 p.m. LA time, 7:25 or something. So I figured if I could just fucking stay up. You know, Mia picks me up at the airport. I just get my ass home. And then if I fall asleep, it'll be like 9, 10 o'clock at night. And I'm back on the clock. And it worked out good. I woke up, right? And I looked at the clock. And I wondered what the fuck time it was. I thought it was like 2-something in the morning because my clock had fell off the bed there, the digital one there that I've had since the fucking 70s there. And uh, I thought it said 2.30 in the morning. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I thought I, I thought I did it right. And uh, then all of a sudden it was 6 o'clock, and I realized the clock was upside down, and that was 5.30. Is this even remotely exciting? I don't know if it is or not. I'm trying to keep my voice down because the lovely Nia is still sleeping upstairs. Beautiful angel that she is. And uh, i got my dog down here. I'm psyched. Going to go hiking today, get back into it. I swear to God, I don't have the nerve to step on the goddamn scale, all right? And if I sound like some skinny bitch, well, fuck you. I'm in this business, and I read your tweets, and I see when you see my face, you start calling me a fat cunt, all right? And I got to tell you, it hurts sometimes, all right? No, seriously. No, I'm vain. You got to be if you're in this business. So I I think I, I put on at least 10, 12 pounds. I started eating like a fucking goddamn Roman god <laughs> three weeks ago in Italy, and it never, it never stopped. I kept thinking to myself, like, all right, when uh, when the tour starts, when the tour starts, I'm going to be fucking good. I'm going to be disciplined, but it just didn't work out that way. It was, um, you know, I, this past week, I, I just, uh, I think I mentioned it last week, I did a seven-country, seven-city run in, uh, what was it, six cities? London, Dublin, Helsinki, Copenhagen, Oslo, Sweden. Okay, six, but I did two nights in London. So it was seven nights in a row. Um, 
basically touring like a band, how they do it. And I have a whole new respect for anybody that's touring as a band. Um, that was hard enough to do by myself with no equipment. I don't have to bring anything. I just fucking show up, mic in a mic stand, go up to the microphone. I love when they want to go, you want to do a sound check? It's like, well, did it sound okay when you talked into it? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. What am I going to do? Go up there. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Cunt, cunt, cunt. You know? So, anyways, uh, I lost another mixer on this fucking trip. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Oh, red face is a dumb fuck. Uh, there's something about these $100 mixers, believe it or not. They don't have any sort of, uh, I don't know, something to prevent the surge. I don't know what it is because I had the adapter, um, or the converter, I should say. Convert? No, the adapter. I forget what. That fucking guy in Helsinki dressed me down two years ago. Once. It is not a converter. It is an adapter. You are not converting the electricity. You are adapting it with your devices. Yes. Oh, fuck you, Hans. Um, uh, what's, a, what's a good Swedish name? I don't Or fin, Finnish name. I have no fucking idea. Um, this podcast is going to be all over the map. I apologize one more time for the, uh, the sound quality here. Um, you know, my mixer's shit to bed. I just discovered that. So... Uh, but the good thing is the All Things Comedy Network's new studios are up and running. And um, hopefully uh, I have a nice surprise guest that I'm going to try to be interviewing. He's got a big movie coming up. Look at me teasing it, teasing it, tickling you with it. Uh, but I don't want to say that he's going to be on it because I know he's fucking busy doing press for it. But uh, I ran into him when I was in Dublin which was the greatest fucking thing ever. Him and his friends were fucking hyping the movie, and I was in Dublin, and we just went out and fucking drank and sang Christmas songs. It was fucking awesome. Such a great tour. And, uh, yeah, at the risk of being corny, I got to tell you, at one point I was doing the second show in Finland, and I, I had this feeling when I was on stage that I was doing exactly what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing in life. I can't explain it. There's something about making people laugh that far away from where uh, where you live and where you speak a language. And if you're still connecting, that, that's pretty much a, about as great an affirmation that, you know, I'm really, I'm supposed to be doing it. This shit is still working <clears throat> this far away. Um, oh, what a fucking week. What a week. I got to tell you something right now. I did a show. In Dublin, Ireland, and all the crowds were great, but I got to tell you, those fucking people in Ireland are the funniest, I can't even explain, I swear, to, well, there's something about, like, when I go through Great Britain and then Ireland, it's like Scotland and Ireland, they're like the knuckleheads that I grew up with, and when I go to London, London is like was is kind of like all the people that I met when I went to New York that were from Boston. So they, they did move away from where they were from, but they still brought that thing with them because people in London are hilarious. But I was doing a show, Dublin, on Monday night at the, the, the Vicar, Vicar Street Theater or something. Just this awesome venue. By the way, Jim Gaffigan's going to be there. If any of you Irish cunts are listening to this, you got to go see him. I was supposed to tweet about that. I'm going to do that today. Um, the hilarious Jim Gaffigan's going to be there. Um, 
And uh, anyway, so it was, it was on a Monday night. And it's a really hard night to try and sell tickets. And these people showed up in force. And I can't even tell you how. They, they, they were fucking hilarious. Like I was on stage and there was this thing I was talking about. About people hugging their kids. And how that could is a good thing. But if you do it too much, you could potentially make them weaker. So I mentioned. And all, I've been telling this story for like six to eight months. And I've been saying how that, you know, my mother wasn't a hug, hugger and didn't hug us when we were kids. And people just listen. And it's just a small detail that leads to this other part that I want to talk about. So I've said that line uneventfully. That's even a fucking word. With, with no, no issue whatsoever for like six months. Now I'm in fucking Ireland, and I just throw that line out there like I'm not even thinking about it. And say, yeah, I said, you know, my mother didn't hug me when I was a kid, and I'm, I'm getting ready to say the next sentence. And like 15% of the crowd goes, aww. <laughs> I'm not even doing it the way they did it. Just collectively broke my ball. It was just such the classic fucking, it was like that Boston Irish thing that I grew up with distilled to its purest form with actually real Irish people where I, you almost have to be there to fucking understand what was behind it. It was like I opened the emotional door just a crack and automatically it's just they just bust your balls about it. Like, ah, you fucking, you know, what? Like, you think they I think we got hugs? You freckled cunt, shut the fuck up and tell the joke. I can't even, it just... I, I, I've been trying to, I would try to explain it to Nia. She laughed, but still, yeah, you kind of had to be there. And then, you know, so I laughed. I was like, I'm not fucking trying to get your sympathy. I'm trying to get to this mess, next part, you assholes. And the whole crowd fucking laughs. And then like a half hour later, what I had done when I was over there was I bought a bunch of DVDs with me. Um, like just the, uh, basically the DVD itself with this little paper thing and I was just handing them out to people because I'm trying to get them to show other people you know when I'm out there so I can keep coming back basically trying to get them to uh, spread the word of my comedy and then someone's just like well why don't you just put it on Spotify you dumb fuck and I'm like ah because I'm old alright I feel like I have to bring the hard copy so I tell these assholes that I'm giving them free DVDs at the end of the show and I'm halfway through that spiel telling them that they're getting a free DVD all right, and and I'm in the middle of it, and I hear this guy in the back of the crowd goes, "Oh, fuck off!" <laughs> I don't even think I didn't even explained what I was doing. I don't know if I had gotten to the part where they were free. I don't know what the fuck, or it was the fact that I was trying to once again go to a nice place where, hey, you know, I really appreciate you guys coming out. This really means a lot to me. And I want to keep coming back here because I think you got a great com country or whatever. And I just just opening the door that much. Oh, fuck off. So I finally just looked at him. I went, Jesus Christ. They were already laughing. I was like, you know what? I've played in 20, almost 22 years as a comedian. I have played in front of some miserable motherfuckers. But you guys, and they were already laughing, are the most miserable fucking cunts I've ever been in. And they loved it. Absolutely loved it, and um, it killed me that I couldn't go out drinking with the crowd because I had to fucking go, uh, had an early flight, of course, all the way over to Helsinki, but um, 
And it was just kind of those moments all the way through the tour that were unreal, like uh, in Helsinki. I hope I'm not boring you guys with this shit, but um, in Helsinki, I did two shows. And the first show I went out and I just like felt like I couldn't get on a roll for like a lot of the show. Like I'd, I'd get laughs and then it would stop. I would get laughs and then it would stop. And I was like, and, and, and it got to the point, like there was, there was one point in the first show, there's something I said bombed so hard that I almost got a little depressed. And I definitely thought, because in my head, some I was thinking about like, wow, I think I've reached the limits to where my act works. Once I get on the other side of the Baltic Sea, and you really feel that. When you get on the other side of the Baltic Sea, you get that feeling like, you know, where I'm not in Europe anymore. <laughs> You're starting to feel like I am heading towards the Soviet Union. Um, even though, you know, a good, what, 20% of that country is in Europe. You just get this, I can't explain it. You're definitely, you're in Eastern Europe. You're starting to get like that Baltic Slavic fucking vibe. And, and um, I had to use all these tricks that I've learned as a comedian over the years to basically stop the, uh, I don't know what, the, the proverbial comedy jet from going into a spin and, you know, crashing into the ground. I just committed harder. I started um, improv and after trying to tag every joke with something new, something to get me present. Um, and I was able to, I still had a good show and everything. And I know they had a good time, but I was thinking in my head, like, man, this guy wanted me to go to Estonia, which is basically like a fucking 50 minute boat ride from uh finland and i was thinking like there's no fucking way i'm going there i think i've reached the end and then something happened during the second show where i was talking about getting a gun and how i like this one gun because it was quieter and those bigger ones are too fucking loud and if you pull the trigger you're gonna fucking destroy your ears and they're laughing and shit and then as i come to the end of the joke you know they laughed and then it was kind of quiet and then some guy in the crowd yelled out, you know, get a silencer. And I was like, well, silencers are illegal where I'm at. I know in Jacksonville, Florida, they're legal because I use them, but they're illegal where I'm at. They basically say that, you know, I want to murder somebody and I don't want anybody to know um, in the next room. And then it just dawned on me. And I was like, I, I, I just... I've been in front of really smart crowds before, and they laugh and shut up and laugh and shut up. These fucking guys, the people were so smart. They were sitting there. They were trying to solve the problem of the joke. They're laughing at the joke while coming up with solutions. So I finally said to them, I said, listen. I was like, is this what you guys are doing? All right. I'm like, this isn't a, this isn't a fucking think tank. It's just a comedy show. And then I somehow connected with them in that moment, and then I had them. For the rest of the way, and I just started riffing on that. Anytime a joke would only do okay, I would just start riffing on, like, the solution to whatever the joke was. And that got him back in it, and I was able to get on a uh, get on a roll with him. And um, it was just kind of that all, all week, dude. And I was, oh, my God, fucking Helsinki. I watched the sun go down at, like, 3.30 in the afternoon from my hotel. Oh, I think by the time I got there. That's right. By the time I got to Helsinki, because I had to connect in London at AFRO, um, which, by the way, is um, – if you ever have to go to Heathrow Airport, I would suggest doing two hours of yoga 
before you get there. It is an unbelievable test of your patience, of your cardio, your sanity, and it's fucking... And I, of course, you know me, I failed miserably. I lose my shit at LAX. Um, put it this way. If you, if you can avoid, if you ever go to Europe, here's a travel tip for you. And you could avoid connecting. If you're not going to London, I would highly recommend not connecting in London because it's not like connecting in other, other, I've never had to, you get off, you got to run through a whole terminal and then wait for a bus that isn't coming for seven minutes and then by the time the bus comes, there's so many fucking people or there's already too many people. you got to wait for the next bus in another seven minutes. You finally get on that fucking thing. I mean, it is a shit show. Um, oh, and by the way, if anybody lights up a cigarette, it's going to be too foggy for anything to land. So you're going to be delayed wherever the hell you're at. Uh, I went through that fucking thing like three times. Um, it's still still an, it's an incredible airport. It's still it's just the sheer size of it you have to respect. But I have to tell you, give yourself plenty of time, if you can, to connect. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fucking nightmare. Um, I don't know what. So where the hell did I go from there? I think I went to Copenhagen after that. Copenhagen. Yep, I did a show there that was fucking amazing. And uh, I, I got you guys got to forgive me all the comedians that I work with because I, I went night after night after night after night and uh, you guys had some pretty crazy names. Uh, I think this guy's name was was it Christian or something like that? I can't remember. Really, really smart guy, really cool guy, and gave me a bunch of tags for jokes and they were actually really funny. A lot of times when somebody does that, uh, they're fucking horrific. But uh, <laughs> and you got to sit there smiling like, yeah, you know, we're gonna try that. His were actually great. Um, uh, so what else, what else, what else? Um, ah, fuck. You know what? I just realized I left it upstairs when I was in Iceland. One of the two comedians that opened up for me, both of them were great. Couldn't understand what the fuck they were saying, but, uh, one of them gave me a book. I'm going to hit pause and I'm going to go upstairs and get it. If you guys like, you know, like those, you know, like those, those cartoon strips, like the far side, where it's just a picture and they write something funny. All right, well, if you like something absolutely just completely sick and twisted, I just set down the recorder. Hang on. I'm going to look it up right now. I got to find this because it's fucking hilarious. I mean, he was killing, like, all the comics I was with, we would just, after we, we did the show, we went to dinner, and we were uh, passing the book around laughing our asses off. Let's see. I hate dolphins. There it is. I hate dolphins. Uh, book. Where the fuck is it? Come on, man! It came up. I saw when it came up. Hold on. I mean, one one of his uh, one of his cartoons. There it is. One of his cartoons has a stick figure. They're like stick figures drawings. And he's running. It's a it's a father running after his kids with his like acoustic guitar over his head and screaming, uh, "It's your fault. I'm not a rock star." And then one of the little kids running away is going, "Daddy, no." <laughs> and it's just 
another one is you got two guys are standing over another stick figure that's laying on the ground and it looks like it's just blown its brains out and one of the stick figures looks at the other and goes uh something like you want to fuck him <laughs> it's just the darkest sickest shit he's got two books his other one's called something like my pussy's hungry i don't know what it is this guy i don't know how to say his fucking name it's just search. Uh, I hate dolphins, and the comedian's name it's Huglicur. I don't know Huglicur Dogson, and it's spelt H U G L E I K U R, and his last name is D A G S S O N. And man, this fucking book is hilarious. Half the shit that's funny as you look at it, you laugh. And then you hand it to your friend and he's looking at it. His, you know, you read what it says and you've got to kind of look at the picture and put it together. So watching your friend taking in the joke is, is, is I think it's even more enjoyable. But um, he was fucking funny, man. He broke my balls when he brought me up, like switched into English. And uh, I forget, I can't remember what the fuck he was saying. It was just great. And the guy who came on before him was also awesome. They're just really, really funny people. Dude, Iceland is insane. Do you know they have an app over there that basically when you meet somebody and you want to start dating them, you just search it and you see how you're related. It'll show how you're related. I'm going to say that again. They have an app over there. You meet a woman in a bar or a woman meets a guy or whatever, a couple of twinkle toes meet each other there. Um, you fucking – you just uh, – there's an app that will say not if you're related, how you're related, because everybody there is fucking related. Um, and you know what's funny? They're absolutely they're fucking great looking people. So I think they spread it out far and wide. Oh, they they actually the the cab drivers over there have a joke in Iceland, um, and people in Great Britain and Ireland aren't going to like this. They basically sit because. People always talk about how beautiful the women are. And they said, well, basically the Vikings, when they would conquer other people, they would just take all their good-looking look, good women and they would take them away with them. Um, talk about the ultimate defeat. Um, yeah, take my farmland. I don't give a shit. You take all the beautiful women. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Just kill me now. So they're saying that they, they took them all out of <laughs> Great Britain. Took them out of England, Scotland, Wales, and uh, Ireland, and they took them all to Iceland, and that's why their women are so much better looking, and that there's no good-looking women in the other one, which isn't true, but of course they say that, but it's fucking hilarious. Um, and also, they fucking eat everything because they live on an island. So when you go to the menu, um, they had pigeon on the menu, but I think that that's their word for dove. Um, a buddy of mine, he ordered it. I had a piece of it. it. Tasted all right. Little fucking gamey. And then they also had whale. And that was the only thing that I didn't like about Iceland was there's a number of restaurants that you went into and you could actually eat whale, which to me is like eating an elephant. You know what I mean? There's just certain animals. Um, you know, like, look, if they had like a jackal sandwich or a fucking hyena sandwich, you know, there's certain animals where you're just like, you know what, you're a cunt. All right. Or, or there's enough of you. 
Like, I'll eat venison. I don't give a fuck. You know, there's plenty of goddamn deer running around with their diseased ticks. Okay? Fucking up the front ends of a bunch of cars. I don't give a shit about that. But whales, I mean, they're like endangered. They must not be endangered because, or at least Iceland doesn't give a fuck. I don't really understand how that works. But um, you could actually eat whale. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I, that, that was the only thing that, that upset me. When I was uh, when I was in Iceland, Iceland is fucking unbelievable. Uh, you walk around, and I I recommend going in the wintertime. Don't go in the summer when there's a bunch of people with jean shorts walking around. Fuck that. You go in the summertime, and uh, they got this thing, the Blue Lagoon Spa there that you go into. It's it's fuck. I'm, I can't even describe it, dude. It's fucking insane. You're in this fucking giant salt water like pool that's heated. There's steam coming off it. You're surrounded by snow, and everything just looks blue. It's like you have on those, uh, someone was saying, uh, Mitch Hedberg, rest his soul, those blue-tinted sunglasses that he used to wear. It's like you're wearing those fucking things. Um, I don't know. It was an absolutely amazing, amazing, fucking amazing uh, trip. Uh, I had a great time in Sweden. I just don't want to leave any city out here. Sweden, I performed in this, this theater. Uh, it almost looked like a, you were in like a, a, a circus tent, but it was a theater. Like you, you, when you looked out, you felt like you were standing in the middle, but it was like because it was like in the round, but not totally. It was like a semicircle kind of thing. Um, and Oslo. Oslo was the place I spent the, the least amount of time, but I, I just had a great time. Smoked a fucking Cuban cigar. That's another great thing. Cubans are legal. And... Um, there are ways to get them back in the country. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> let's just say that daddy's going to be fucking drinking a lot of scotch over the next month. Um, and it's also a great thing, too, if you got buddies who smoke cigars. Yeah, you sneak some in for them. Um, or maybe you don't. You allegedly do it. All right, this is the Monday Morning Podcast. Um, all right, let's get into the advertising for this week. All right, the Mangrate system. Mangrate, everybody. This season, think the Mangrate. What is the Mangrate, you ask? Or maybe you didn't, but you're happy that I just asked that question for you. They are 100% made in America. America. Cast iron grilling grates that are revolutionizing the way people grill. Named one of 2012's best grilling accessories by Men's Health Magazine, Mangrates are the perfect gift this holiday season. Click on the man. Click on the Mangrate banner. At BillBird.com for their 19.99 holiday special. Remember, each Monday morning podcast order comes with a heavy-duty grilling brush. Again, that's the Mangrate Grill Enhancement System. Order today at BillBird.com. Somebody was bitching about the shipping on these things, going, you know, it's actually not 19.99. It's more like 35 bucks. It's like, dude, it's 100% cast iron grilling grates. That's gonna make your dad. Or your brother, whoever else is into grilling, make their steaks taste fucking delicious forever. Okay? You can't kick in an extra 15 bucks to ship the fucking thing and you get a grilling br brush? Jesus Christ. You know what? I don't know what it is in the Chinese New Year, but I think this year, this was the year of the whiny cunt. Um, all right. All right. What do we got here? Dollar Shave Club, everyone. For a couple of bucks a month, dollarshaveclub.com delivers amazing quality razors right to your door. Not only does it save you a ton of cash, it saves you from trudging to the drugstore for a pack of blades. 
Um, I always tell you guys, I always get stuck behind either the person coming in to buy, you know, 12 cases of beer, or I get stuck behind the old lady, an old guy that, you know, want to get ice cream and develop film and all that crap, right? And they got 20 registers and only one is open, you know, because they're trying to exploit new revenue streams. You know the deal. Um, you don't have to deal with that because now with Dollar Shave Club for a couple of bucks a month, amazing quality razor blades are delivered right to your damn door. That's right. No more wasting time and no more getting hit up for like 20 bucks every time you buy razors. Everybody here is getting their Dollar Shave Club blades, and you should too. And here's a genius idea. Try replacing your old shaving cream with Dr. Kava's Easy Shave Butter from dollarshaveclub.com. Trust me, your face will thank you later. Um, don't waste time at the drugstore behind the lady paying in pennies. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash burr or go to billbird.com and click on the Dollar Shave Club banner. Uh, keep your stress level low and your bank account balance high. Shave time, shave money. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash burr. Um, what do we got here left? We got two more left. All right, we'll do some more podcasting and then I'll get back to that. So... Um, is there anything else I can tell you guys about um, – oh, here's, here's a good one for jet lag. I like to uh, fly at night. Leave wherever you're going. Like if you're flying east to west, if you fly around 3, 4 in the afternoon, that's also the sweet spot at the airport, by the way, because then you're coming around 2, 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And for the most part, people, wherever they're staying – they either want to get the fuck out of there or they want to try to stretch in another day. So they either, get, you know, fly between 6 in the morning to 10 or they start leaving around, you know, 5 or maybe 7 because they want to skip the rush hour traffic. So that's a good time to go. And you're basically, you're flying in tonight. So it's easy to go to sleep. You can get eight hours. You're definitely going to be jet lagged when you get to Europe. But coming back... Um, when did I leave? Oh, yeah, you know what sucked? The only thing that sucked when I was coming back was I was in Iceland, so I'm halfway across the Atlantic, the Atlantic Ocean. And, but it was like a zillion dollars and way more miles than I had to try to get a nice business class seat um, straight to L.A. So I had to fly back to fucking AFRO, connected in AFRO. And um, I was getting off Icelandic air and switching to Virgin Air. So I had checked my bag, and I had to fucking go to baggage claim. I had to go through customs, go down and get the fucking bag, and then do the bus thing to the this thing to the that thing with the fucking bag. And, dude, you want to hear about a whiny cunt cursing up a fucking storm? And then I ended up having plenty of time. I had plenty of time. I ended up drinking a couple of scotches there, and I talked to some woman who was from Poland. And I was saying, you know, I had some people come out to my shows in Poland, um, in uh, Copenhagen. I, I'd love to go there. And she's like, well, where do you want to go? And I was like, Warsaw. And she just shook her head. She said, hey, you know, I go there. It's too, uh, too commercial. And she fucking broke down all of Poland for me. So I'm telling you guys, you got to do it. You got to do it. If you got the time or whatever, or make time. Fuck that. Even if you got kids, fuck it. All right? Fuck getting that second flat screen TV. Fuck that college education. It's going to be there. Okay, they're not going to get a college education because you spent fucking seven days in Europe one fucking time. One time you spent it there and you dropped them off with, with the parents to watch them. That's great. They're going to get closer to your grandparents, you know. Your parents will get to spend time with your kids and you'll get to go over there 
get to see the world from a different perspective, you got to fucking do it. Uh, highly recommend it. And you can do it on the fucking cheap. You really can't. Just get your fucking asses over there and have yourself a salmon sandwich, all right? Um, I really hope as many people as, you know, fucking go. You know what's great? And I've, I've been reading when I was in Scotland. Some, I told you somebody gave me this book, David Lee Roth's book that came out in the late 90s, Crazy from the Heat. And I got to tell you, this is a fucking killer book, man. And what I love about it is he's not dishing a bunch of dirt about Van Halen and going, Eddie's a cunt and Michael Anthony and Alex and all that. He definitely takes a shot here or there, but he went through a real painful fucking thing with the ending of that. God knows they trashed him enough, but a lot of it is he's describing what it's like to be on the road. And um, right now he's talking about the extensive travel that he's done. Talking about, he ended a tour in 83 with Van Halen in Argentina. So he's with his security guy, Big Ed. Uh, not to be confused with Eddie Van Halen. This is a different guy, Big Ed. And he's like, well, you know, we kind of have to go past the uh, the Amazon to get back to uh, L.A. Why don't we go there? And Big Ed was like, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to go to Africa. And David Lee's just like, all right, close enough, whatever. So they, and he talks about just like dropping a boat into the Amazon River and going fucking down the river, up the river, whatever he's doing, getting dysentery, feeling like he's going to die, having 12-second convulsions. Um, this is a fucking rock star. Who the hell does this shit, man? It's really, really amazing. And uh, when I put down the book this morning, he was about ready to go up. Uh, he was in the Himalayas, uh, going through the valley, approaching Mount Everest. Um he has this great theory of like, you know, because he's he's a night guy, that he's seen all these great cities. He always brings his bicycle on tour and he rides a bike through the city at night. And he said, you really get to see the city and feel the spirits of the city. And I was thinking, fuck, man, I, maybe I told you this last week. He was like, I kind of had that moment when I was sitting there outside the Vatican. You got to fucking do it. You got to fucking do it. Okay. And if some shithead like me who fucking flunked. Didn't flunk everything in high school, but I swear to God, I got C's, D's, and E's. They weren't called F's where I was from. Uh, it was a fucking... I told you this, this before. When I was a freshman in high school, I, I was going to go to Notre Dame and become a lawyer. And by the time I was a sophomore, I was like, well, maybe I'll get into roofing. That's how bad I did. Um, just completely shit the bed. The bed like fucking fumbled the punt, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um... Yeah, it was awful. So uh, so anyways, that's that's my travel talk. All right. That gives all the people who hate sports. When I talk about uh, when I talk about sports too much on the podcast, I gave you a break and uh, I have no fucking idea what is going on in any sport other than hockey because I got the Bruins app on my phone and uh, I know they had a great West Coast trip, got their asses kicked to them, uh, handed to them or asses kicked or asses handed to them or asses kicked to them. Is that a new one? I got my ass kicked to me. It's like they removed your ass, and as you f then they walked across the street and then punted your ass back over to you because they felt so bad about the beatdown. There you go. There's a new one um, by the Vancouver Canucks. So it's funny. They're all giving me shit on Twitter, um, doing that stupid this, 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 beating the Bruins 6-1 to one priceless. So I don't know why you would say that to me. I'm like, well, uh, losing the first two games in the finals and coming back to win five out of the next six. Or five, oh, wait, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense, does it? Four out of the next five. Jesus Christ, Bill. There's my high school math again. 
losing the first two and then coming back to win four of the last five in game seven in your fucking building, I think that's a little bit better to win a Stanley Cup. All right, so congratulations on your regular season win. And all you cunts out there who are giving me shit because the Patriots lost to the Dolphins, all you fantasy football-playing fucking morons, okay, who actually think that Brady's lost a step and, and are so fucking dumb when it comes to watching sports and analyzing what the fuck's going on because you get your nose half an inch away from the paper looking at numbers. Uh, you better wake the fuck up because there's only like another week, I guess, of, of regular season football. Tom Brady is in the middle of one of his greatest seasons he's ever had. The fact that they have the record that they do with uh, the level of injuries and the shit that we, you know, those people we lost to free agency, it's been fucking unreal. Like somebody wrote me on Twitter, like, really? How, how the fuck do you lose to the Dolphins? It's like, well, first of all, it's easy. You, you score less points than they do. And second of all, whenever you, you play a division rival, they see you twice a year, every year. They know who you are. They know what the fuck you do. Um, if you're a gambler, if you ever want to bet on an upset, I would definitely say bet that the division rival, especially if they lost the first time, is at least going to cover, if not fucking beat them. It happens all the time. I don't know what sport you're fucking watching. And uh, we have catastrophic fucking injuries on defense. I'm not making – I actually, I am making excuses. But, like, um, what I'm really saying is that if I was in the States and I was watching the Patriots versus the Dolphins, there's no fucking way that I would just be like, oh, there's no way we're not going to win this game. Um, so, anyways, uh, that's all I know about what's going on in football. Um, I, st- I completely missed the Cleveland Browns game, I guess, where the Patriots got all those new age calls where it doesn't seem like it's football anymore, you know what I mean? Um, so, anyways, uh, let's get on to some, let's get on some, oh, oh, and I got a new TV show. Whenever I go overseas and I'm jet-lagged, I always put on Netflix and I get into something else, or I buy a box set. I got into The Killing. I don't know if anybody's watching that, but I am three episodes in, and I'm watching every second of the series. Phenomenal series, definitely not for the emotionally light. Uh, you don't want to deal with something that's it's pretty fucking heavy, and they do not pull any punches. They take, they walk you right through it, where you feel like you're living, living it. It's it's uh, amazing, fucking uh, amazing show so far. Phenomenal with shot, the acting, and all that type of shit. And I'm looking at it like, fuck, I'd love to be on a show like this. So who knows? I'm gonna bug my agent today. Hey, can I, uh, can I play a body or something on that show? I'd love to be on it. Um, <clears throat> anyways, um, I want to thank everybody for ordering the podcast T-shirts. Uh, my T-shirt uh, slash podcast guy, Andrew Themelis, uh slash stand-up extraordinaire, who will also be at that New Year's Eve show at the Wiltern out here in Los Angeles. If you want to see the crew of knuckleheads, that gets fucking hammered every year out on the golf course there going to the Rose Bowl. It's Andrew Themelis, Joe Bartnick, Jay Lawhead, Jason Lawhead, and myself. And there are very limited tickets left. So um, if you need a, uh, if your plans fell through, come on down. We'll make you laugh. And um, I don't know. I think we're going to st- stick around, do a countdown and all that. We're going to be boozing it up. Love to see you guys down there. But um, anyways, he was mentioning that I believe the podcast T-shirts are sold out at this point, for the most part, except for some of the bigger sizes, I think. Um, and if you have any problem with your order, the email to check in is uh, BillBurrMerch at gmail.com. 
all lowercase, Bill Burr Merch, M-E-R-C-H at gmail.com. Uh, we take pride in getting this stuff out to you. I think Andrew's done a great job. Really, really killed it. Um, but let us know if you're having any problem. Um, you know, we, we are human beings. We do fuck up, but we don't want to fuck you over. So let us know if there's a problem as soon as possible, and we'll make it right. Okay? All right, here we go. On to the questions. And the letters this week... Finland show. Hey, Bill, loved your show in Helsinki. Well, thank you. Um, I definitely pay to see you again. I don't know if it was just me. There were a few moments where I felt you worried about offending the audience or something. That's extremely hard to do. Yes, yeah, see, you were probably there at the first show. I was feeling you guys out, man. And I think I also had that long flight from Dublin where I got I got delayed at AFRO, connected in AFRO. Um and I literally landed and went right to the show. So I might have been just a tad off. He said, that's extremely hard to do uh, here. So next time, don't worry about any, any of that. The less you pull punches, the more you're going to get out of the audience in Finland. Oh, that's awesome, man. Thank you. That, thank you for uh, reading from your playbook. Well, I think I figured you guys out, as I just mentioned the story, uh, on, the story on the podcast, telling the, that story. Um, anyway, he goes, P.S. My ex-girlfriend was a ginger. She was a real cunt. Um, I didn't even know she was a ginger until I took her pants off. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. Ah, it's fucking funny. Um, yeah, no, you know what it was, was I came out and I, I, it's just like, you guys are really fucking like, any comic who's going to play Finland over there. This, I mean, I can't say, this is just my experience because... It was my fucking jet lag, my act that I was doing, and whatever the fuck was going on with me chemically. So I can't say that this is going to happen, but uh, they're a fucking great crowd. And now this guy's saying that you can't offend them. You know what's great? When you go through all of those, um, I basically did all of uh, the Nordic countries. And I've told you guys this before. Scandinavia consists of Norway uh, Sweden and Denmark and those three countries that's Scandinavia but within them Scandinavia is part of the Nordic countries and that includes all of Scandinavia the three I just mentioned and then Finland Iceland and I think they're called the Feral Islands that's the only place I didn't go the Feral Islands which are like northwest of uh, Scotland um, but what's great when you go through all of that is, for the most part, <clears throat> it's predominantly Lutheran. Lutheran or Lutheran? I don't know how to say it properly. But they, and they basically believe that when you die, you're dead. You just go into the ground. And it's just like, and I say, well, don't you wonder, like, can you wrap your head around not existing? And they're like, yeah, it's just like before you were born. You don't remember that. It's the same thing. And... Because of that, they're really fucking logical, um, if that makes sense. If there's any comedian listening to this, I would basically describe, like, you ever do a college gig and you think you're bombing, but then you realize, oh, wait, these, this is a really smart school. <clears throat> and they just laugh in a different way. That's basically what uh, Helsinki was like. So uh, thanks for the heads up. I, I did have a great time. Um, <clears throat> and I hope those people on the first show had a good time, too. I was, you know. I don't want to let people down, you know. 
I'll make sure I give him the whole fucking thing. And I told, I made a rule that I wasn't going to bitch at all on this tour because I knew it was going to be brutal going from place to place to place to place every day, fucking waking up, going to the airport, landing, and then trying to figure out how fuck making my jokes work. Um, so because I made the rule that I wasn't going to bitch, I only bitched like 30 times as opposed to like 3,000. Although if you counted each individual bitch going through AFRO, connecting in AFRO, um, then I probably bitched like 700 times. But it was compartmentalized, that's a word, to uh, Heathrow Airport um, <clears throat> for the most part. All right. Hey, Bill, love from Morocco. Um, Bill, before I start, I just want to let you know that my sister and I attended your show in London last week. Uh, you did a great job, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you had the whole crowd and blah, 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 blah. But enough with the ass kicking. Okay, here's a little conspiracy theory for you. At the end of the show, we had a little argument about your ghost segment. Yeah, I don't believe in ghosts. He said, which was fucking hilarious to go through a place that doesn't believe that you go anywhere when you die. You know, when I was going through Scandinavia and the Nordic countries, because I'd be, I'd be like, usually when I say there's no ghosts, I don't believe in ghosts. There's someone in the crowd that's like, oh, no, you know, I believe in ghosts. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they were just sitting there in those other countries just like, yeah, yeah, why the fuck would you believe in ghosts? That's stupid. <laughs> so then he goes, he goes, remember when the your bottle fell off the stool and the water spilled on stage? Yeah, I did this whole segment about how I don't believe in ghosts. And I remember when I went to set down my water bottle, for some reason the cushion on the seat, it was sort of doing like the leaning tower of Pisa thing. So anyways, I finished the ghost bit. And I was into some other jokes, and all of a sudden, it looks like the bottle tipped over by itself. One of those great stand-up moments where you, you can't plan it. It tipped over itself, and then uh, and I didn't realize that the crowd is reacting, and it, and it was like a full bottle, so it's just pouring out. Um, got all over the stage and everything, and then, of course, I riffed that it was actually a ghost, and that it's trying to electrocute me and all that type of shit, and, um, and it worked great. But anyways, he said, my sister think, thinks... That was part of your act, the ghost thing. And there was no way you could be that good at improv. I better 50 pounds that it wasn't planned. Either way, it was beautifully done. Do you mind settling this for us? Yeah, no, it was not planned. Do you realize how cheesy that would be if you planned that? And also, not to kill the whole improv thing, it's really not that difficult to come up with some funny shit when water spills by itself after you just did a ghost thing. Um, it isn't, you know, and you don't realize how many times, I mean, you fucking improv, everybody's improving. When you walk and you're having a conversation, you're totally in the moment with somebody and you're, you're without realizing it because you understand language, you're listening and translating. And you're also, which is reminding you some other shit that you're thinking about that adds to where the conversation goes. Um, what it is, so everybody can do that. It's just when you get on stage, it's, it's, you're, you're going on stage, starting your career and you're dealing with stage fright and forcing yourself to do this thing that scares the shit out of you, which causes you to think, which shuts down all of your improv abilities. But over the years, as you do it, you get more and more comfortable and you become as comfortable on stage as you are off stage. And then once again, you tap back into that power of improving that everyone in the crowd is already doing. Um, 
but for, but it's just not defined as it. So that's that's basically what it is. So no, that was not that was a uh, that was not planned. Um, I actually had another great one that I I was doing uh, another great moment I should say. I sound like I'm patting myself in the back. I had another great uh, moment of improv when I took the mic stand and pretended it was a skinny woman um, and just yelled, eat something for an hour. No, um, I was in Iceland when I walked on stage. They had a fucking giant Christmas tree just to the right of the stage, all lit up, looking beautifully. But I, I so I, I went into this stupid thing where I was acting like it was stealing focus and I was being a diva and I refused to tell any more jokes until somebody fucking, one of you, Reykjavik sons of bitches comes up here and takes this goddamn tree down and I went on this whole long thing and it just happened right at the beginning of the show I just saw it and I just I don't know I just fucking started talking about it and it killed and they loved it and then later on in the act I apologized to the tree like it was you know like I was in some abusive relationship with it like hey you know I'm listen I'm sorry about what I said earlier you know I you know how I feel about you and blah, blah, blah. And just kind of went on this thing. Like, that's the most fun thing as a comedian was when you get comfortable enough to do that shit because I'm not going to lie to you. You get sick of telling your jokes. <laughs> um, but anyways, he finishes off. He says, also, I've been introducing you to my Moroccan friends over the years. And as soon as I can get 10,000 people to like you, I'll email you so that you, uh, so that you can come visit. Um, Thanks and go fuck yourself. Well, you know what? Send a fucking email to uh, BillBurrMerch at gmail.com and Andrew will hopefully get back to me. Maybe uh, I can figure out some fucking... Uh, I'll send you a pr some promotional a promotional package or some shit. I'll send some of my my wares over there and uh, the only thing you got to do is hand them out to your friends, okay? That's it. All right. Um, where the fuck am I? Oh, there's the ending. Thanks, and go fuck yourself. All right, you go fuck yourself, too. All right, underage girl equation. All right, let's hope this doesn't get creepy again. Uh, Bill, longtime fan listener, caught a few shows. Glad you're kicking ass. Thank you. Uh, here's the important part. Here's the important part. Yeah, fuck my career. Exactly. Uh, to calculate acceptable age differences between partners, here's my rule of thumb. All right, for those of you who are just new to the podcast or haven't listened in the past couple of weeks because you have a life... Um, Lately I, don't, lately, I don't know what's been going on, but people have been sending me these fucking emails. And uh, it's somehow it's like, yeah, you know, 27, my girlfriend's 19, we've been dating for six years. And uh, it's like, wait a minute, wait, what the fuck? You know, it gets weird. So this is what he's re uh, referring to. He goes, here's the important part. To calculate acceptable age differences between partners, here is my rule of thumb. Half your age plus seven. That's it. Works for everyone pretty much. If you're 22, half your age is 11 plus seven equals 18. Um, dude, I got to say 22 to 18, that is, that's st a, still a huge age difference, but, but it is legal. It is legal. I don't know how you don't feel like fucking Matthew McConaughey in Dazed and Confused with that one, dude, because you're literally talking like, you know, you got a mustache by 22. Come on, man. She's 18, finishing up high school, 
and you've just wrapped college, that's a huge difference. But, you know, 26 to 22 is not a big deal. Um, anyways, but I, I, like, I like what you're saying. He said 18 is your cutoff. So, yeah, that does make sense. It is legal. He goes, if you're 80, half your age is 40, plus 7 is 47. Boom. There it is again. Reasonable differences regardless of age. Yeah, it depends on who you are in that one. I think I would rather be the 80-year-old. I feel like I'm stealing money at that point. But I like, I like what you, you come, uh, where you're coming from here. He goes, I'm not saying there aren't, uh, there aren't anomalies out there for every situation. But for a simple guide to not being a pervy fuckbag, stick with the half plus seven rule. Uh, been meaning to share this with you for a while, but seeing as every week we seem to have a new douchebag trying to justify his perversion, well, it's time. Yeah, thank you. All right, there you go, people. Half your age plus seven. If it doesn't fucking work out, well, half your age plus seven and she's still 18 or older. Right? Because if you're 18, half your age is nine plus seven is 16. I mean, you're in trouble there. That's statutory rape. That still kind of works out good. I'm 16. Half my age is 8 plus 7 is 15. That fucking works. You're 12. Half your age is 6 plus 7. She's 13. You're fucking slaying it. I love this theory. I love this fucking theory. God damn it. That works. This son of a bitch. He's like Matt Damon in that fucking, uh, where he's got the mop and he's good at math. One flew over the cuckoo's nest, dazed and confused. Fucking, uh, I got to see about a girl. What the fuck is it called? Goodwill hunting. There you go. I shook it loose. Um, oh, you know what? I watched I watched a couple of movies. I watched all Boston guy movies. Mark Wahlberg. I watched the one with him and The Rock. I did f- fall asleep because I was trying to stay awake. That has nothing to do with the movie. I loved any movie about fucking weightlifting. It's got Mark Wahlberg in it. Right? That takes me back to the 80s when nobody did squats and everybody just kept fucking, you know, doing upper body. Upper body. Um, I got a friend of mine, comedian uh, in Boston, Wayne Previty, used to always talk about that, how back in the day nobody used to fucking do squats and then you just put on your puffy pants, your Z Cavaricis over there to try to make it look like you had thighs. <laughs> Vinny H. Um, so anyways, I watched that one, uh, whatever that movie was called. I never remember the names. Then I watched the uh, the Matt Damon movie where he's in the future and they put that thing and that bionic shit around him. Fucking great movie. Just fuck. That's a, that's a great fucking movie. I, I stand by both of those. And also, I watched a movie called, uh, called Drinking Buddies that, um, Jesus Christ, I never watched a movie. It was about dating and that type of thing. I never watched a movie where I felt like uh, I was kind of every guy in the movie. You know what I mean? Like the guy sneaking around, fucking around. The guy, the sap, taking back the girl that's fucked around. The guy wants to commit but can't. The guy who's fucking not committing. The whole goddamn thing. Um, It was a really, I I really enjoyed that movie. And it had, uh, who's it got in it? Olivia Wilde. Uh. Jake Johnson, who I fucking worked with on, um, oh, Jesus Christ, New Girl. I swear to God, man, I can, I, can somebody send me some fish pills, whatever the fuck you're supposed to take? I can't remember anything. Uh, really enjoyable movie. Um, so whatever, there's my movie plugs for this week.
what else do I got here? Uh, let's do some advertising here. Um, Hulu Plus, everybody. You probably tried Hulu.com. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere. Dude, I'm telling you, this right here is the future. Uh, Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit TV shows and a selection of acclaimed movies on your television or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. And it streams in HD every time for the best viewing experience. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite current TV shows like Saturday Night Live, Community, and Family Guy. You can also check out exclusive content, including Hulu originals like The Awesome, starring SNL's Seth Meyers, who, by the way, has his own talk show coming out at the beginning of the new year. Look for that. And Moon Boy, starring Chris O'Dowd from Bridesmaids. Hulu Plus also offers a great selection of acclaimed films. For only $7.99 a month, you can stream as many TV shows and movies as you want, wherever you want. This really is the future, people. This is how you're going to watch TV. Um, right now, you can try Hulu Plus for free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. That's, for, that's a special offer for my listeners. Uh, make sure you use HuluPlus.com slash Bill um, so you get your extended free trial and that they know that everybody over here sent you. Go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill now or click on the Hulu Plus banner on the podcast page at BillBird.com. Um, that is the future, my friends, especially if you travel. I don't know. You're in college. You don't, you're not going to be around a TV or over a friend's house. You're going home for the fucking holidays. It's just it's the greatest thing ever. Um, and last but not least, everybody. Um, oh, it is at least. we got three more here. Uh, two more. Sorry. E-Voice. The holidays are coming. And as a business owner, you know what that means. Crickets. Face it. Um, leading up to the holidays is the calm before the storm. Now's the time to do something that will dramatically help your 2014. eVoice. eVoice is the simple technology that helps you make more money. With eVoice's toll-free or local numbers, call routing tools, and a professional dial-by-name directory, your business will look like a million bucks. And with eVoice, if you, if you can't take a call, they will transcribe the voicemail and email it to you. You'll never get caught off guard again. eVoice has been helping uh, companies save thousands of dollars every month, making them more efficient and more productive. There's no quicker or easier way to transfer your business in, for 2014. And with eVoice, you can try it before you buy it. Jesus Christ, can these guys make it any easier? Right now, you can, you, you can slow it down, Bill. Right now, you can get a 30-day trial to eVoice when you go to eVoice.com slash Bill Burr or go to BillBird.com and click on the eVoice banner. That's on the podcast page, by the way. Uh, that's eVoice.com slash BillBurr or BillBird.com and click on the eVoice banner. Uh, now's the time to take charge of your business and prepare for, prepare for a productive 2014. Once again, go to eVoice.com slash BillBurr or go to BillBird.com, click on the podcast page, and uh, click on the eVoice banner for your free 30-day trial. That's eVoice.com. Jesus Christ, they got it. All right, stamps.com, everybody. The last one here. Um, one great resolution you can make for the new year. Maximize every minute and every dollar for your small business. I know an easy way to do that with stamps.com. Think about how much time you wasted going to the post office, driving there, finding parking. Stamps.com is a, the better way to get postage. Uh, just use what you already have, your computer and printer, to get official U.S. postage for any letter or package. Then the mailman comes and picks it up. doesn't get any more simple than that. With Stamps.com, everything you can do at the post office, you can do right from your desk, whenever the hell you want to do it, and at a fraction of the cost of one of those expensive postage meters. I've been using Stamps.com for months. Um, 
actually, no, for like a year and a half. It's about as convenient as, can, as it can get. And I got to tell you, with all this merchandise, you know, the T-shirts and that type of thing, it would be an absolute nightmare to have to go to the post office. So anyways, right now, use my last name, Burr, to get this special offer, no-risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer that includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R, that's Stamps.com, enter Burr. And there you go. That is your advertisement for the week, your adverts, as they say over there in England. I guess they say that. Um, what are we doing here? Let's go to the next one. Sparkling water. The next email here. Uh, sparkling fucking water. Bill Pickles. Oh, I get it. Dill Tickles. Bill, uh, Dill, Dill Tickles. Dill Pickles. Bill Pickles. I get it. All right. There's a new one. There is a new one, my friends. He said, I saw in one of your tweets that you were upset about accidentally ordering sparkling water. Yeah, that happened to me when I was in, I was in London. Uh, going to Afro, connected in Afro. Um, you know, they, they put it in a clear bottle. It looks just like water. And, you know, when you're in a different country, like shit gets hard. Shit you just take for fucking granted. Like that, I never accidentally, I, very rarely do I accidentally grab sparkling water when I'm uh, in the States here. Because I know Poland Spring, I know, I know what the fuck bottled water, the still shit looks like. But uh, that is the most amazing thing when you, when you travel abroad is this part of your brain you have to use that you, you never use. Like I never realized how much shit I recognize just out of color. Um. And then all of a sudden you go overseas and you're just like, all right, is that a taxi or a police car? You know, does, is that a pharmacy or are they selling clothes? And I'm not even joking because the way that some of the stores look over, over, uh, overseas, they, they, their style that they'll do the store in, that's their style for a fucking pharmacy. Although pharmacies are pretty easy over there because they have a, they have a neon green like cross. It's really easy to find. So that's probably a bad one. But anyways, yes. So anyways, he goes, I hope... You come around on this score, it's never too late to change. Um, oh, I think this guy's just telling me that he likes sparkling water. Well, Jesus Christ, Bill, why don't you just read the fucking thing so we can all find out? All right. He said, you know, men of great character and sophistication have long been enjoying sparkling water. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, let me go dress up for this fucking email. This guy's sitting there with his legs crossed wearing it. Was it an ascot? Is that how you said? He says, it's a satisfying bevy. That you can drink endless quantities, endless quantities of while you battle the temptations of various other addictions. Like when you're off the bottle, I highly recommend reaching for a bottle of San Pellegrino. It has a punch that plain water or fruity juice just can't give you. It's like hard alcohol in the sense that it's an acquired taste. Uh, on top of the hard alcohol, a nice, I can't, I don't know how that is, Gerald Steiner? Mixes wonderfully with alcohols of all kinds, my preference being vodka and whiskey. It's a much better mix than fruity juices and sodas and all that other uh, pussy shit. Just cuts a bit. It's like water's badass big brother. I remember you saying that you don't drink coffee. You're saying you've missed out on all that coffee house pussy over the years. So this is one pairing that I probably can sell you on. Um, what? 
So this is one pairing that I probably can't sell you on, but an espresso drink, no sugar, with a Perrier to hydrate you, fucking delightful. Or I know you've been to Italy, an antipasto plate with a glass of wine and a glass of sparkling water. Uh, bueno. I hope I said that right. I don't know. I, bueno? B-U-O-N-O. Uh, love the stand-up. Love the podcast. As a working poor type, 9 to 5, or the podcast makes Monday almost bearable. Look at you getting all fucking... He goes, waiting for the Canadians' hockey cities dates here in Montreal. Not a Habs fan, a Senators fan. All right. Um, yeah, dude, I don't like drinking carbonated shit. I think it makes you bloated. It makes you fat for no fucking reason, and you should be drinking water. Uh, I'm not into the shit, and when I'm off the bottle, I just get off the bottle totally. And I drink water, and then I look down, and my stomach getting flatter every day, and I fucking enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, I'm just not a, uh, I'm not a sparkling water guy. I'm just not. I don't like this shit. Um, if I'm going to drink something carbonated, I'll have a, a soda or a, or a pop, as they say in the Midwest. And what do I like? I like the Mexican Coca-Cola that has the real sugar, and I like, um, I like orange soda. But only if that has the good sugar, too. Um, all right, dude. The jet lag's hit me here. I'm just fucking talking about what kinds of soda I fucking like. Um, all right. Opposite of anorexia. Yeah, speaking of which, I mentioned earlier that I gained some weight here. Opposite of anorexia. Uh, hey there, Bill. I think I might have the opposite of anorexia because when I look in the mirror, I see a skinny guy while I have trained with push-ups and weights and gained like 10 pounds. Right now, I am 18 years old, 6'2", and 187 pounds, which should be normal. Also, when I look at my classmates, classmates, I seem bigger and more muscular. But when I'm home and staring in the mirror, I just seem skinny. Anyways, love your podcast. Greetings from Holland. Yeah, dude. Um, opposite of anorexia. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but you got some sort of body issue, dude. If you're 6'2", 187, yeah, you look, you look fine. And you're also 18 years old, you're going to fill out. Um, my suggestion is to look into the mirror and f override those negative thoughts and think something positive. And I got to tell you, dude, when you get older, okay, and you got to go to the gym for two fucking weeks to get yourself looking halfway decent, and then you have one French fry and it negates all two weeks that you did, you're going to fucking look back and go, God, remember when I was 6'2 and I was 187 pounds? For the love of God. Enjoy this period in your life as much as you can because there's no way to enjoy it fully the way some old bastard like me could um, because I know what it's like now to fucking do all the work I did and then go away for a couple of fucking weeks and come back and look like, oh, my God, dude, I fucking had on a pullover sweater the last fucking night and I took a picture with somebody and I was sucking in my gut and I still look like a fucking ah. I knew it. Somebody took a picture of me when I was in Iceland, and I saw I'm, I'm getting my fat head back again. It killed me. So, dude, um, you're killing it. You're 6'2", you're 187 pounds, you're 18 years old, you got your whole life ahead of you. You should just be focusing on finding fucking places to go have a good time. All right? Go out, go chat up the most beautiful women you can find, and just have a great fucking time. All right? Quit looking in the mirror thinking you're some fucking skinny loser. You're not, all right? You're a goddamn fucking rock. You're the rock star of your, of your life right now, 
All right? And then don't use this as some negative thing like, oh, it's all downhill from here. Stop being a fucking pussy. Go out and enjoy your goddamn life. You look great, you son of a bitch. Go fuck yourself. All right. Accidentally racist. Um, hey, Bill, I was waiting in line uh, for the water fountain at my gym with a buddy, and this African-American guy was taking forever to fill up his gallon-sized water bottle. Don't you fucking hate people who do that at the gym? Cheap. Cheap motherfuckers. I get that you're doing it. I get it. But if you see somebody behind you, you got a gallon water bottle. Maybe it was just a bigger one. You, you know what? Be a good shit. Turn around and be like, are you just getting a drink? Yeah, let me step aside. You know, be a fucking asshole. You know what that's like? That's like people who stand in the middle of sidewalks with four other friends and have conversations. And the whole world has to walk around them. Or they do it in the airport. If you're stopping... And you, you're, you're going to make your flight? Are you trying to figure out where the fuck you're supposed to be? Well, go grab the wall. Get over to the fucking wall. Let people, you know, and if your car fucking breaks down, if it's safe to do it, fucking push it to the side of the road, you dumb cunt. All right, sorry. Anyways, he goes, I was getting impatient, as you should have. He goes, I remembered that the gym recently got rid of a separate fountain with a big nozzle so you could fill up a water bottle quicker. So I remarked to my buddy, didn't they used to have separate fountains for these people? Oh, shit. Oh, no. He goes, before my buddy can respond, the African-American guy turns around and says, excuse me, cue foot and mouth. So what's the best accidentally racist story you've got? Uh, wait a minute, dude. Yeah, I hope you explain that to him. Uh, you know what? I have to think accidentally, right? I know I've done that. I know I've done that. Wait, how did I do that? Oh, I remember when I was in DC, I just made a joke and the guy didn't find it funny. And then I felt like a fucking asshole. Um, it was right after Obama got elected. I was in DC and I was fucking hammered and I was coming back to this hotel with Joe DeRosa and, uh, the security guy who was black, African-American, said something to me. And as a joke, I go, oh, what? The president's black now, so, and I'm hammered. And I thought he was going to laugh. And he stared at me like, oh, my, like, this is a white person who actually thinks this shit. And then I was like, oh, I was just fucking around. Joe's, like, dragging me away. Like, I went, like, it was a joke that would have worked if I was sober and I was in a comedy club and I'd set it up right, but I didn't. Oh, and I kind of fucking knew the guy, but I didn't know the guy. It was three in the morning. I was drunk and it like, dude, it was fucking horrific. And I, and it kills me that I wasn't able to explain myself because I guarantee that that guy still fucking at least told that story for two weeks. So, um, I don't know. That's actually a good topic. If anybody else has accidentally racist shit. Oh my God. That's dude. That's like, I would submit that to fucking Larry David. Doesn't that seem like an episode of his show? You know, he'd have him in the beginning, like, you know, just whining that he has to go to the gym and all that shit, bitch moaning and complaining. He sees the guy with the water bottle. And then the misdirection is he talks about how cheap these people are. And he actually defends the gym for all the water that they're using. Um, and then when he shows up, it's gone. And then he stands behind. I mean, the whole fucking thing is right there. Hey, you put that music underneath it, you got yourself an episode. All right, ski lodges. Hey there, Billy Bunny Hill. Uh, what's your take? Uh, what's your take? A good weekend. 
Come on, people. You know I, I can't read out loud. Can, can you at least help me by at least trying to put all the words from the sentence in the fucking email? What's your take, I'm going to guess, on a good weekend of banging snow bunnies and drinking hot chocolate? What's my take on it? What That sounds like one of those fucking titty movies I watched when I first got cable. What, what, what take would I have on it other than that's fucking awesome? He goes, the occasional outdoor hot tub scene, wood fires and turtlenecks, some marijuana and Monopoly washed down with a dark red. I don't even ski, but if I ever start, it's to be able to live in that dumb and dumber Aspen type scene. Oh, absolutely. Somebody asked me uh, recently, asked me if I skied. And I said, I told him that story how I, I, when I was in, I was in Utah with Jay Lawhead and we stayed an extra day and went skiing um, up in, uh, where do they do that film festival? Sundance. We were up around there. We went skiing up there and it was great. But I, I, I don't like skiing. I love the workout. And I love all that aspect that you're talking about, like uh, coming down and they got the fire going and you're drinking beers. Dude, it's fucking awesome. But I have just never participated in a more blow-your-knee-out fucking sport than skiing. But uh, just your description there, like that right there is why I want to go. Um, it's fuck. It's just it's, yeah, it's the shit. Who's that guy? That guy there. The guy in Holland. There you are. The six foot two, 187 pounds. There you go. Go skiing. Go skiing. This is what you should be doing instead of fucking staring at yourself in the mirror going, I'm ugly. I'm, I'm too skinny. Fuck that. Do this shit. You know what? I want to buy all the skiing shit and not go skiing. And then just go on the treadmill and get all sweaty and then put the skiing shit on and just act like I fucking came off the mountain. Wash it down with a dark red. How good does that sound? It's 7.34 a.m. to me. All right. That's the podcast. Uh, what is my take on that? Like, I, I think that this is what I would do. Take skiing lessons. Something I never did. I was like, whatever. I play hockey, dude. I fucking skate. It's the same shit. Nobody's trying to hit you, right? You don't realize that there's trees. You forget that, which is like the... Uh, I can't, it's like a fucking defenseman times like 9 million. <laughs> you never win in that contact. You never knock the fucking tree over. You basically die like Sonny Bono or some shit. Um, I just hate when you fall and like one of your skis is going one way and the other is going the other way. And it's never a convenient fucking way. You always feel like you're going to fucking blow out an ACL. But if you survive... And you get down that hill a couple of times. You know what's funny about skiing? I always love when you get to that point where you know you're exhausted and you try to do one more fucking run and you get up there and you're so tired by you get halfway down, you just fall down every third time you try to make a turn. Like whatever that fucking acid is that builds up in your muscles and your legs, you just you're just completely gassed. And you're laughing and your friends laughing at you and you just get down to the fucking mountain. You get to the ski lodge. Hopefully there's not a bunch of cunts taking up the whole thing. Um, you know that rich family that has five kids and it can afford to buy them all ski stuff despite the fact that they're all growing and shit. Um, you resent them. They look like the Kennedys. You're like, look at those fucking blue-blooded cunts. But if you can somehow get yourself a seat. Ah, fuck, I want to go. I'm going. I'm, I'm calling up Lawhead. I'm going to go skiing over the Christmas break. Fuck this. I'm going. Jesus Christ, did, did that person paint a picture or what? I'm fucking going. All right.
here's the wrap-up, everybody. Um, now that the show's over, once again, do not forget to sign up for the future of watching TV, your free trial of Hulu Plus. Once again, Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and support your quality of life as far as viewing. Get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to the podcast page at BillBird.com and click on the Hulu Plus banner or go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. That's HuluPlus.com slash Bill. And that is the end of the podcast. And um, I got I to gotta thank everybody who came out to my shows in Europe. I have to thank all the promoters who got me out there. Uh, I got to thank everybody who took me out, you know, to the bars, to that Premier League game, to, to, to all these sites, all the, to the, the lagoon, all this stuff. I, I can't even, like, it was absolutely, I'll never forget that tour. Um, and I'm just going to keep going over there. It was just an unbelievable experience to end an unbelievable year where I had some of the biggest shows of my career. I did the most shows, the most cities I've ever done. I did the Red State Tour. I did that bus tour through the South with all my buddies. And um, Jason Lawhead and his legendary father, Jim Lawhead. Um, just all the people I got to meet, man. It was just the exact reason why I got in this business was to have fun and to travel and make people laugh. And I really... I, I did that this year like, I, I don't know. It just went to a whole other level. I don't know how I can top it next year. I'm fucking exhausted, but I'm tired in a great way. So um, thank you to everybody, and uh, that's it, man. I hope you guys enjoy your uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Hope you guys have a nice Christmas break. And um, like I said, man, fucking if you can scrape together some quarters – Get your ass on a plane and go travel. I wish I did it when I was younger. And uh, I'm an old fuck, man, 45. You're never too, never too old to do it. So uh, I want that for all of you guys, man. I hope you guys have a great, successful 2014. That's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right, Toyota, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota let's go places